looking at some major stuffs that has to do with our lives as believers everybody wants to be wants to experience abundance am i communicating everybody wants to come to that height where they will say yes i am experiencing abundance i am in abundance but in moving or walking in abundance, there are certain steps. There are certain things that you must adhere to. There are certain things that you must keep to. There are certain, there are certain rules of engagement. Praise God. And when you abide to these things, you are very sure to return back with a testimony. Am I talking to somebody? Praise God. When you experience the glory of God in your life, abundance is sure. That's why I believe so much. You know why I believe? I believe because we've had this meeting, these 14 days of prayers, we've come up to the mountain, and our coming back, we have to have this mindset that abundance is what we must see, and abundance is what we must receive. Am I communicating with somebody? Today... It is a major, it's a major concern in the body of Christ when we are not functioning as the Lord expects us to. The Bible said that God was speaking, said, I wish above all things that you prosper, I prosper, and will be in good health, even as our soul prospered. Prosperity is a must. Praise God. And prosperity does not connote automatically monetary activities. No. Prosperity simply means that whatsoever you are doing, you are doing it well. And whatsoever that is happening around you, you are being successful in what you're doing. Praise God. A, a woman can be prosperous in the area of fruitfulness. Praise God. She's not barren. She's fruitful. So she's prosperous. A man can be, can, be, can be barren, you know, not women alone that can be barren. A man also can be, experience barrenness. Am I communicating with somebody? When a, a, a man can't, can't, can't be productive in his pocket, then it simply means that the pocket is barren. So we understand via this that, that when one is not able to become productive, it simply means that that person or that individual is what? Is barren. Praise God. So today we're going to be looking at the, the steps into walking in abundance steps to walking in abundance let's turn our bible to the book of john saint john chapter 6 saint john chapter 6 and i believe god that you have your writing materials praise god uh, have your mighty writing materials have said to us that the shortest pencil is better and always efficient than the longest longest memory praise god so as we dig deep into the word of God and see how we can demystify St. John chapter 6. 
when you talk about St. John chapter 6, you know about the 5,000 men, excluding women and children, that Jesus fed. But there are certain things in the scripture I want to, by the grace of God, help us to pick out. So you will see how Jesus moved. Jesus is our Lord. And we are followers of Christ. And he said that those things that we see him do, those are the things also we ought to do. So everything that Christ does is what we as believers, we are supposed to do. Sad enough, many believers are not operating in the frequency that they ought to operate. Why? Because they lack understanding. Praise God. The Bible says my people are perished because of what? Lack of what? Knowledge. Knowledge is a vital thing in this dispensation and beyond. I repeat, knowledge is so vital. What you don't know rules over you. What you don't know becomes your master. What you don't know has power over you. From the day you have knowledge of what you don't know all this time, from that day you start ruling over your situation. Can I get you? Amen. Amen. So in St. John chapter 6, we're going to be reading from verse number 3. I'm going to take it slow and I will stop some verses and I will, I'm going to explain. Are you there? And Jesus went up into the mountain and there he sat with his disciples and the Passover, a feast of the Jews was nigh. Verse number 5. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, Where shall we buy bread that this may eat? He said unto Philip, where can we buy bread so we can feed the multitude? But there is something about this text. The Bible never recorded that Jesus had enough food to eat. One of the things that was recorded here is that he was moved with compassion. He lifted up his eyes, he saw. If you must operate in abundance, you must be a man and a woman of passion. Have been compassion for people. The problem with the church today is that we don't have compassion for one another. We don't show love. I mean, it is okay with you if you, your house is the only house that has food in the city. It is nice and fine with you if you are the only one that dress up down and dress up nice to church. It is fine and okay if it's only your daughter, if it's only your son, if it's only your children that dresses very well and come to church. It is fine and okay as long as it has to do with you. Jesus saw these people that they were hungry. One of the points you're going to take from that verse 3 down to verse 5, where we are right now, is that they never told Jesus that they were hungry. If you must be a person that will operate in abundance, don't wait for people to ask from you before you give. Be sensitive. Be what? Be what? 
you got to be sensitive of your environment. You got to be sensitive of people around you. You got to be sensitive of how you operate with men and women around you. You got to be sensitive about people that God has put around you. If you are the only person that has the money to spend, I tell you the truth, God gave you that money and didn't give any other person because he he wants you to take care of every other person for him. Verse number five, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said unto Philip, when shall we buy bread? Where are we going to buy bread? Who is the one that has this bread for us to buy? And the reason why we need this bread, we need this bread to feed these people. And in verse number six, and this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. I pray for supernatural knowledge upon your head in the name of Jesus. That amen is not born again. I pray that you receive supernatural knowledge, supernatural insight on what to do. Many times we get confused because of how things are going around us. But when you have supernatural insight, the Bible says Jesus was asking these questions not because he doesn't know what to do. He just wants to prove Philip. He knew already what he would do. And in verse number 7, Philip answered him, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. That every one of them may take a little. 200 worth of penny of bread cannot be enough for this crowd of people. Philip was saying the correct thing. Philip was being accurate. Philip was being that accountant in your company or in, in the church that always want to tell the pastor how $2,000 will not be able to take care of the church for the whole year. Forgetting that we serve a God that is a God of multiplication. Am I communicating with somebody? Philip was reasoning with God logically. Praise God. Jesus said something from the realm of the spirit, but Philip deducted it from the physical realm, from the logical aspect of it. If you must be a man or a believer that will have abundance and flow in abundance in this season, you must remove the power of logic reasoning when it has to do with the Lord. Praise God. Don't, don't, don't reason God like your high school. Can I get your amen? amen? Jesus said to him, say, hey, how can we get this thing done? Philip is telling him, I said, look, listen, 2,000 watts or penny of bread will not be enough. 200 watts of it will not be okay at all. It will not be sufficient to take care of these people, but forgetting that the person he's talking to is the one in Galilee that turned water into wine. He's forgetting that the person he's talking to is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. Sometimes we forget what God has done for us in the past. Just like the children of Israel, they forgot everything God did for them. And when they meet a little bit challenge, 
they forget God. Don't be like those believers. That little challenge freaks them out. Little thing makes them, they want to deny Christ immediately. Little thing makes them, little bit challenge pushes them to the wall and they, um, they will almost deny the love of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's why whatever you are doing as a believer, don't serve God because of bread and honey. Am I communicating with somebody? Don't. Because bread and honey is a season. It's a seasonal food. A time will come when the oil in the barrel will go dry. What will you do? You will curse God. Don't behave like Job's wife that could not stand the test of time and was encouraging the husband to abandon ministry and run away. Don't behave like Job's wife that the husband was standing strong and yet she came to him and mocked him and said to him, this thing you're living, is it life? This is not life. You rather curse God and die than live like this. But she refused to curse God and die too. Praise God. Living in supernatural abundance. These keys, when you apply them, you experience great things. I've told you, I've told you, number one is be, be sensitive to the plights of people around you. Be sensitive. If God blesses you, or when God blesses you, let me use that word. When God blesses you, the blessings of God in your life is not for you and your family alone. You may be surprised that somebody somewhere prayed that Father bless me. And God looked at it that for him to bless this person, he has to bless you first. So the blessing will trickle down to that person. But sometimes when God trusts us with wealth... We disappoint him even before his face. Sometimes when God lifts us up, instead of us to become a help to others, we become pain to those around us. Sometimes when God gives us a place, instead of us to be shelter to people, we become storm to people. The reason why some of us behave the way we behave is because we forget where we are coming from. Pride takes over us. And yet you will hear us pray prayer like tomorrow is not there. Yet you will see us want to call God. If you're, you're calling God like he's your houseboy. God! God! Are you there? God! See, eh, if I was God, hmm. <laughs> hmm. I tell you, you know, by now, I would have blocked my ears with very good Panasonic headphones. You know, everything about God is based on principle. 
And I've told you this, if you want to become a principality, be a principled person in any field of endeavor. Be a principled man and woman. You will operate in the supernatural atmosphere. Today I was so tired and I remembered I was supposed to call Pastor Belief and talk to him. I know he had told me during the course of the prayers that he was having health challenge and I didn't remember because I was so tired I needed rest. I needed rest. You know, I say, as, as it's, it, people, people, people think that being a senior pastor is to receive a senior tithe and offering. It's not money. Except you are not doing the work God asks you to do to take care of the, 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 the flocks. Then you will be looking out for money. Who gives you money is who you call. Who gives you the better money is who you go to visit. <laughs> who gives you good money is who you check upon. And when I remembered, I called him straight up. When I called him, his voice was sounding so down. Look at me, I am tired. Yet, I'm looking at for others. When I asked him, I said, what's happening? Your voice is sounding so down. Are you okay? Uh, no, I am. Uh, I said, for what? I asked him all the questions. He answered. He said he will be giving his testimony on Sunday. Praise God. And when I asked him, I said, what's happening? This just happened this, this morning. I asked him, what's happening? He said that he went for tests and they told him that, his knee, that he, has, he has not been able. If he touches his hair on his head, it pains him, the hair. That those are the kind of pains he was having, that he can't even turn his body left or right. When I heard that, the anointing inside of me was angered. I said to him, in the name of Jesus, you infirmity, I curse you in Jesus' name. I am here in Canada. He's over there in Nigeria. West of Africa. I said, I curse you this moment. Die a natural death inside of that body, you virus. Finish praying. He said, Amen. I went into my conversation with him. Three minutes into the conversation, the young man's voice changed. He did not even notice it. It was sounding strong. His voice came up like, I didn't even notice too. Because we prayed and we just left it to God. The next thing, I was about ending the call. He said, no, Papa, hold on. Something just happened. I said, what is it? He said, I can't feel no pain anymore. He was like perplexed. He said, Jesus Christ, this is happening real. Like he, he, he was touching his body. We were just giving God glory. He said, I can't feel no pains. He had to call his wife. His wife was there. He said, my wife is just, was just here literally now consoling with me. And you just called. He had nothing to do. He started giving God praise. Listen, so will it be for you. Amen. The one, number one thing to operate in the supernatural is to operate with the spirit of compassion. Amen. Yes, sir. 
And you will always hear the scripture say, and Jesus was moved with compassion. And Jesus was moved with compassion. Some of us, our compassion is dead. And they don't sell compassion in Walmart or Costco. Having compassion on somebody is not you trying to help that person so you will tell them. You know, some people, as they are helping you, they are, they are reminding you there. You are not yet up from the help. They are reminding you. It's not that I'm helping you. Make sure you know that it is me that is helping you. That is not showing compassion. Compassion is you putting yourself in the state of that person to feel the pains and the agony that person is feeling. And without compassion, I tell you the truth, child of God, you cannot flow in the miraculous. There are two things that opens the door into the supernatural realm that you start seeing the miraculous, love and compassion. If you are a kind of person when you see the sick when you see the sick, you get irritated because the person is sick. You can never pray for the sick and they get healed. Hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse number eight of that scripture. Now, one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother said unto him, now, why Philip was busy complaining? You know, there are people that, they, they are professionals complainers. They always see how it will not work. Don't have those kind of people around you. They have, they have a reason why what you are planning will not be successful. They have a problem for every solution you bring you're bringing this solution say, ah <laughs> pastor don't worry i've tried that too it didn't work you bring this other one they say ah one of my friends told me about this and i'm not sure you say okay let's shift all together from this place let's go to this ah my grandfather used to live in this spot bishop it won't work church won't grow here they have excuse for every solution Don't allow those kind of people to be around you. They will kill you. You won't go far. Association is not by force. Right. In fact, there are certain people, it's not like you hate them, but you can't roll with them because they are dragging you back. Yeah. Don't joke with that one. No. If you forget everything, don't, don't forget this one. Right. There are certain people you must identify who you roll with. Show me your friend and I will indeed, I don't need to prophesy, I can tell you who you are. It's like, it's like somebody being a believer. You're you, you a firebrand fire believer. But your very best friend is an arm robber. If you are working in the church accounts, we will remove you. 
even though you call fire from heaven just wait first something is wrong with you how can you be a firebrand believer and your best friend is a highway arm robber a drug baron and the two of you are behaving like five and six something is wrong it's either you are doing us the more we look the less we see (laughs) or something is happening somewhere don't buy it from such a person don't buy it it's not genuine a typical believer that is on fire if an unbeliever cross their path except they want to change they will stay if they cross the path of the believer that is on fire they won't last they will go in fact if you have a circle of friends and you gave your life to christ they will want to invite you to those places all of you do go and even maybe the first and second time you go with them the way your attitude towards that place will look like they will not want to invite you next time again when when they are going they will hold the meeting behind your back and even when you ask them and say ah well, you put in invite me to say you <laughs> just forget you are not part of us again you know why because you don't you you can't fit in with them philip saw problem when jesus said how can we feed where can we buy instead of philip to say lord we have 200 what of penny here in the post but i know you that what you did in canaan you can also do it here too. You can turn this 200 to 200,000. Do it, Lord. I believe in you. Instead of that, he told Jesus, I say, no need. Aye. Have you ever called people for a meeting and you know God told you something and you are trying to gain their, their, their support? The Bible says Jesus was asking not that he doesn't know what to do. He just wants to prove Philip. So the very first person to doubt, to doubt Jesus in the circle of his apostles was who? Philip, not even Thomas. Philip doubted him. Praise God. Look at your neighbor and say, who is in your circle? Who is in your circle? Because there were two apostles of Jesus that, oper- that got involved in this story. One was Philip. The other one was Andrew. They never gave the same report. Andrew was seeing positive change. Am I complicated with somebody? Andrew saw positivity. Philip saw negativity. What are you seeing about your life and your future? Are you those kind of believers that curse themselves in the morning and at night they curse themselves again? Like they, if, if it was to be prescription, I don't know. They gave you prescription, curse yourself in the morning 
curse when you wake up from sleep and before you go to sleep at night curse yourself again then you will come to church on sunday and you expect the pastor to acrobatically prophesy into your life for things to change hello what you say over your life has more effect than whatever anybody is saying to you praise god we are not we are not here to play religion we are here for the absolute word of god as a man thinketh in his heart so is he philip was a logical guy andrew was a spiritual man look at what andrew said in verse number eight and one of his disciples andrew simon peter's brother said unto him said unto who unto jesus good bible student said unto jesus there is a lad here which had what five barley loaves and two small fishes but what are they among so many what are they among so many but we have it it is a different statement from that of philip that told jesus outrightly that jesus even if heaven opened you can't feed these people no i want you to look at it very well and get this thing straight philip told jesus i said even though i have seen you turn water into wine and the governor tested it and said hmm, this wine is the sweetest of all sir with the five thousand people i'm seeing excluding women and children your your miracle and your anointing just respect yourself or else you embarrass every one of us no, have you had members tell you like that? Pastor, just uh, maybe you leave this place. Don't pray for this person. So people will not say you prayed and nothing happened. <laughs> Thank God for Andrew. Andrew became so straight to Jesus. He said, Lord, Master, we have this year. Praise God. We have what? Five barley loaves and two small fishes. Now, when you translate that word, what are these amongst many? It's translated to say, what can you do with this to feed the few you can? You understand that now? Master, we don't have so much. This is what we have. But I think this little one can feed some persons. That's why I say, what are these amongst so many? And the master went into action. Are you with me? The master went into action in verse number 10 of John chapter 6. And Jesus said, make the men sit down. One of the things you are, you're going to experience in walking into your journey of abundance is number one, keep people like Andrew around you. Number two, sit down and be relaxed jesus needed to perform the miracle in verse number 10 but he wants the people to settle down turn to somebody and say please settle down and jesus said make the men sit down now there were much grass in the place so the men sat down in what in number about five thousand see let me tell you before you carry out any mission 
Jesus said, the Bible said, you have to, first of all, count your costs. If you read the previous verse, the previous verse was talking about there were so many people. It never gave the number. There was no number. But when Jesus gave the instruction, because if you're going to do a business, child of God, you got to know what you want to go into. There is no spirituality about it. Business is business. Don't try to carry religion and add to business. No! You got to know what you want to do. You got to understand what you want to do. You want to go into a profession, you have to know more about that profession. Don't walk into things blindly and you tell yourself, after all, Jesus healed blind Bartimaeus. So I know that he will be my light. There will be no light for you. Immediately Jesus gave the command, the figure came out. Now he now knew what he's dealing with. Praise God. Now in verse number 11, and Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, so the next point is that in everything you do, learn to thank God. In every situation, give God what? If it's working fine, give God what? If it's not going the way you plan, give God what? When you give God thanks consistently, your tank will remain full. I rephrase. When you are thankful to God, your tank will remain what? Full. Some of us don't appreciate. We find it difficult to appreciate. Jesus of all, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, had to give thanks to God. You know, there is something about this scripture. When I, when, I, when I study it, I keep looking at it. I say, so, Jesus just wants us to be acting like him. We should approach things like him. Some of us don't even give thanks over our food before we eat. It is bad. Some of us, we do that. Immediately you see the food, you just bounce on the food like a, like a bulldog. The only thing in heaven we hear from you is your bed. Learn to say thank you, Lord. Even when that door shuts, give him thanks. The Bible says in every situation, not some. In every situation. Anywhere you find Jesus found himself in this situation. And when that three fishes and five loaves of bread was handed to him. Is it not food? It is food. The Bible says he lifted it up to God. And give God thanks. Remember. Remember. When he, he got to the place of Lazarus to resurrect Lazarus, what did he do? He always gave thanks. When he was about departing and to be crucified, when at the, at the upper room he was to share the communion, what did he do? Give thanks. 
He give thanks. He give thanks. Consistently. Even when he knew that he was about to go and die. He gave thanks to God. Some of us, we are on the hospital bed because the reason why you, you're not out of that hospital bed yet is because you, you will give God thanks in the morning. By the time the pain come in the afternoon, you will curse God. Ah! And you want to come out? And at night, you are telling people around, I'm not sure God exists. And when they ask you, why do you think so? You say, because he's not hearing me. Jesus was about to go to the cross. He knew the pain he was going to suffer. Yet he was giving thanks. Thank you, Father. Even when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, the Bible said that he prayed. He prayed earnestly. He prayed so much that the sweat from his body was like that of blood. And what did he do last? He said, Father, if this be your will, so let it be done. Say, let not my will be done, but thy will be done. He got to the tomb of Lazarus. He said, Father, I thank you. For I know that when I pray, you answer at me. In everything, give God thanks. So Jesus give thanks. And the next thing there you're going to be reading is that he distributed to his disciples and the disciples to them that were set down. So let me take it one step to the other. You want to be rich, right? Every one of us want to be rich. We want to own the big houses. We want to, we want to have money. If you don't have the mindset of a distributor, you can't work it out with God. God is a distributor. Amen. When he gives to you, you got to give to others. Yeah. It's only a pit toilet that receives I don't give. And that's why it smells so much. Don't look at me like you don't know what a pit toilet is like. That's not true. Praise God. <laughs> Many of us that were not born here in Canada, we all know what pit toilet is. It is that hole that they traditionally dig and cement the top, build a little hut over it, uh-huh. and put a little hole, and you go there and do number two. Watch that hole. There is no way for the waste to escape. Every year by year, the waste is there. You know, that waste could create manure. It could do a whole lot. But the pit refused to give it out. That's how some believers are. You are accumulating. Your eyes are coming up. You are dying, you know. Oh. Give up. No way. Even God made us in a way that we have to take in oxygen and give out what? Carbon dioxide. 
You have to give out something. Just try it. Drag all you can drag and refuse to give out. I will attend your obituary. Because giving is living. As you... What a sweet life. Rather than you... And the next thing, the heart will just stop. Because even though the heart pumps blood, God is so wonderful. How the heart works like an engine. What does the heart need to pump? Oxygen. That's what works your heart and my heart. That makes it look like a machine. Oxygen. Do you know that even the car we drive, we may be thinking that it is the fuel, the gas that drives the engine. You know, if the engine doesn't have a place where it takes in oxygen, that engine may not work properly. There must be a way oxygen will go in for it to work properly. There are some locomotive engines that you have to literally pump air into it before you start it. Be a distributor, not a collector. Some of us, we are very good, like we should be working in tax collection office. You are grabbing from everywhere. Keep here. Don't give this one. Keep it. Don't give this one. Keep it. You are, you, the, the question is this. What are you doing with them? You see, money. Money has a way of making people go crazy. Solomon was the wealthiest man in his time. And he handled wealth to the extent that he said, vanity upon vanity, all is vanity. Jeff Bezos went up, up there on the space for how many, few hours or so, how many minutes, and came back, spent billions vanity you know why they are doing that they have nothing again to live for they are looking for something to make them to feel like they are living some of you the way you are now you may have one or two lakhs you don't know why god allowed those lakhs in your life so you will find reason to live do you think that if your whole problem is solved you think you will still be alive people commit suicide because they have no passion, for, no drive for anything. They just take their life because they are tired of living. But you can't tell the man that is going to work that he knows he has responsibilities. And he knows if he doesn't work, he won't get money to sort himself out that he should commit suicide. No, he won't, he won't try it with you. Praise God. Suicide rate is so high in this part of the world because government provides virtually everything. Come to where I'm coming from. Even, even death will be with, we avoid you and say, please, go with your problem. We have so much we are dealing with. <laughs> you will look for death, you won't see. Suicide. You want to commit suicide? Who commits suicide? The hunger alone is suicide. 
So that's why when you come from such a place, you know how to thank God because you know you are a miracle. That's why when I see some of our Canadian believers, the way they operate with God, some pastors, even here in Canada, I wish they should just go to the third world countries and spend five years there, do mission work. When they are back, they will understand the difference between June and July. Like you are having problems with provision, there is no medical attention, there is nothing. You see, you say God call you, pray yourself and heal yourself. God call you, is he not? You're a pastor. You're a bishop. Prove it. Back home where I'm coming from, nobody gives you money to go and start church. Even though your, your church is a very rich church and they have money, when it's time for you to branch out, they will just call you, come. The pastor will call you, um, pastor, so, 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 or all the pastors that we are ordained last week, every one of you come. You are all going to branch out. They will say amen. All of you need that. The only thing they will give to you is to pour oil on you and tell you, go and prove your ministry. You can't be going and say, well, can I take two chairs so I will use to start? Keep the chairs and go and start. You know why? Because they don't want you to be lazy. They don't want you to be lazy. That's why most pastors became lazy during the pandemic. Became lazy because they are not used to stress. Ministry is stress. Ministry is a mystery. And if you are not careful how you operate with it, it will lead you into misery. Because anything that has to do with the spiritual, you need the spiritual ability to sustain it. Not the physical ability. That was why Philip failed in the test, in the acidic test Jesus gave to him. In John chapter 6. Where are we going to get bread? Where are we going to get bread to feed this people? Master, even though we have 200 penny worth of loaves of bread, it will not be enough. Acidic test. Some of us have had our own acidic test, but we never knew. God tested us. We never knew. Some of you, your test is your tithe. Some of you, your test is your obedience to so come to church. Even as the pandemic is over, there are some believers, I believe, if they have the way to bribe the government and say, please, can you just put back this restriction? We were enjoying it at home. <laughs> ah, Canada Christianity. May God help us. That's why you need a firebrand church. That's why you need a church whereby they know fasting and prayer is one of the keys. I'm not talking about you fast in January. And that's it. Consistently, before the year ends, three solemn fast is called every year. We have people do marathon praying, believing God. So you have to have the mindset of distribution. It also has to do with pastors. When God calls you as a pastor and bless you with a gift, don't trade the gift. Stop monetizing your gift. 
you're a pastor and you will always want to tell the instrumentalist, you know, it is not right for you to take money from the church and to play equipment. But you are monetizing your own gifts. For people to see you, they have to, they have to pay money to get into your conference. Ah! If Paul was doing that, would this generation ever heard anything about Christ? Let's be sincere. If Peter was calling for conferences and tell people, I say, except you have five penny, you can't enter to hear the gospel. Would there be anything called Christianity in this generation? Today you have ministers that when you invite them, before they come, they will tell you, you have to pay in so and so amount into their account first before they come. And so when you invite them, they give you a long list of protocol. They will forward the list to you. Meet these needs. Then we'll talk about our coming. Nonsense. This is not, this is not, this is not your regular corporate business. This is gospel. That was why Paul looked at the way some persons are doing things and said, Ha! Woe unto me if I preach not the gospel of Jesus Christ. Woe is me. How many of us can boldly say, Woe is me if I preach not? That's why God is in search of soldiers. I make bold to tell you today, to charge you today, believer, that God is in search of men. You can decide to be among the number, but have a mindset of distribution. The gospel, you can distribute the gospel. You can literally dub the, the message and by yourself take it out and share to people. Say, take. You can transcribe something. You are doing the work of the Lord. And I wonder because when you ask some persons and say, are you born again? They will tell you I'm baptized. So if they don't even know the difference between being born again and being baptized, how would they know what it means to be of service in the house of God? Are you there with me? Remember in verse 11, Jesus distributed to who? His disciples. And the disciples, he gave them command he, the disciples distributed to them that were set down. They were set down. Not to them that sat down. They were set, ready, and settled. If you are not a ready-minded person, you can never receive anything from God. The book of James said it. That a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Today, I want to do this business. Oh, you want to do this business? Okay, no problem. Let's pray for you. By tomorrow, you come. Uh, Pastor, Ah, I thought about it last night. Uh, my mind has changed. Maybe this other, this other one, this other one, this other one, this other one. Pastor said, okay, no problem, brother. Let's pray. Let's pray about it and believe God. And two days down the line, you appear again. In fact, you appear to the extent that you start appearing in the pastor's dream to tell him that you want to do this one, I want to do that one. Unstable. People, people operate with a mindset of 
not just being consistent. God will never give to you if you are not having a settled mindset. As a matter of fact, God don't speak to people that their minds are not settled. For the Bible says, for he will bless us because our mind is stayed on him. Is your mind stayed on Christ? Is your mind stayed on God? Are you connected to God in the realm of the spirit? What are you doing to your life? What's, 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 what's your mindset? Let me tell you. In the next five years, some of us will not be who we are today. And you can't beat nature. Nature is powerful. Praise God. So time is ticking. Every one of us, we are here as people that have come into... Have you ever seen anybody that goes into Walmart to shop? And they finish shopping. And they say, ha, this Walmart is very fine. I love the AC here. Uh, uh, I think I will just buy that mattress and put here. And bring this lampstand and put it here. And bring this one and put it here. And bring one and put it And create a room there and say, hey, okay, yes, I need some... Nightwares, you will now get a nightwear. I say, Hey, Walmart, Walmart. This is where I'm going to pass the night. Nobody does that. Everybody comes into Walmart, they do what they buy, they go. Every one of us will come to this earth, we've come into this life to buy. We are on a journey, we are sojourners. You have come to buy. The question I'm asking you is that have you been buying indeed? What have you purchased so far? If you look at your life right now, what would you tell yourself and say, Father, I thank you that I have been able to consistently and get myself set to walk into this dimension successfully. Jesus knew what he was doing. Now, read the scripture. He said, and likewise, go, go. He said, and Jesus took the loaves and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that we are set, the disciples told them that we are set down to them. So there we are some persons also that even when Jesus had told them before, you remember, said, Let the men sit down. Praise God. There we are some of them that we are very, very radical. You know, just like when in the church like this now, you give instruction, everybody stands, some we sit. You know, it's only in the church where you come, a general gathering attitudes from different places that you see people just say no, we will not follow suit. And they are called deviants. And they are the ones that want God to bless them by fire by force. And they are those ones also that when God doesn't bless them, they will curse God. When you are a person that follows instruction, you will never face destruction. They only distributed to those that were seated, not the wanderers. There are people that are spiritual wanderers. Today, you are in Church of Christ. Next week, Sunday, you're in Church of God. As if you are the seven angels that were sent to the seven churches. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Next tomorrow, you are in the other church called Pentecostal Fire. You, you don't have fire. 
the next Sunday you are in this. You don't have a base. There was a picture some time ago I met. Very gifted guy. Talk, talk, talk. After all our talking, I asked him, sir, where is your base? He said, you know, my base, my base, no, I don't have a base. I just go all around and preach. I say, you're a dangerous man. If you don't have a base, you're a dangerous person. You don't have where people can contact you. If anything, people can come and look for you there. You're a dangerous person. And some of us, we are busy following people that have no base. Any friend you are keeping that that friend is not productive, that friend is sucking you. Imagine me now, I see the preacher because he's gifted. I say, ah, I have to stick myself with this man. You know what I've done? I've sticked myself to a baseless place. So, me too, before you know it, I will have no base. When you have a base, God will meet your basic needs. That amen didn't come like you heard it. I said, when you have a base, Jesus will meet your basic needs. That was what happened in verse 11. They only gave to those that were set down. And likewise of the fishes, as much as they would, he gave to them. Take Some of us also, our problem is our mind. Our mind is not settled. Sometimes you are in church, you are not in church. Sometimes God has asked you to do certain things, but your spirit is not settled. You have a troubling spirit. And you know how to, talk, how to know those people that have troubling spirit? You know how to know them? You know them, most of them, when they are sleeping, just watch them at night. Or leave them. The following day morning come, you will see that the bed spread. They've gathered the bed spread like tipa. You know when you know when you know when bulldozer is pushing, is pushing they will they, because they are restless. They slept this way, their head this way, their leg this way at night. By the time you come back the following day, they've turned upside down like the earth. As the earth is rotating, they are rotating. They have restless spirits. Even in the realm of the spirit, even in their subconsciousness, they are not resting. Be at peace with yourself. Because if you don't have peace, you can't give your neighbor peace. The reason why you trouble people is because you, you don't have peace. Because it's what you have that you give. And the reason why some persons trouble you, and even when you try to talk to them, say, this is, you didn't, you, they don't have peace. Oh Lord, are you there with me? The, the next verse, verse number 12. I think we'll, we'll, we'll stop here. Verse number 12. When they were filled, watch this. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, who was saying? Who was saying? Good. He said, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Even Jesus, the miracle worker, was concerned about leftovers. But you, because you think you plug money, when you go and eat in fast food, who are you keeping the food for? 
you go to your fast food go to your restaurant you eat you have a whole bunch of food maybe you just eat a little bit your appetite is gone you tell them take it take it take it out take it out take it out take it out gather your food and take it home that is not a good attitude it's an attitude of you not having respect for money some of us you come to our houses we allow a whole pot of food to to sour in the kitchen waste it and when they say ah no problem let them just throw it out jesus said gather the fragments he said let nothing be lost why because you can use that also for the days that you have nothing to eat this is where many believers they lose it Don't be a wasteful person. Refuse it. Don't live a wasteful life. Anybody you give $100,000, they are not able to use it to do a good business and survive. After two years, they produce $1 million. Even though you give them $10 million, they will still fail. Hello? It's not based on the amount of money. It's based on their responsibility and their ability to respond positively to things. That's why I refuse wasteful life. Somebody could eat that food. You see that food that you want to throw away? Could be somebody hot meal at night. There was this company I worked with at Montreal. Very lovely company. In fact, as a matter of fact, I'm rating that company as the best company in Canada so far. I don't know of other company, but you see Good Food. You know the company called Good Food. I worked with them in Montreal. These people, they mesmerize all the workers. Like, they call it good, the company is Good Food. And it's Good Food indeed, because every time you come to work, you are going back with food. But I worked with an, another company in Canada here. I won't mention their name. Praise God. When they, when some a little bit defect on the plastic of the of the of the of the packaging, they trash it even when the workers need food to eat. I said, why are they de- destroying all this? Why are they damaging it? They said it's a company policy. What a dangerous place. That's why I still rate Montreal as the best part in Canada that they are dangerous givers. And you watch a whole truck crush a whole vegetable fresh just because they can't package it. The tin food, because if a little place is pressed if the tin food is pressed on one side, they can't sell it out. But the food inside is good. They crush it before the eyes of the workers. And not like they are paying very good. When I looked at it, I said, no, I can't work here. I left it. Truly. Because it pained my spirit. What your crushing could be. Do you know that most of the companies in Montreal... They take those food, the ones that the, the, the workers 
cannot take and even apart from that they take those food and give to the food banks go to food banks in montreal it looks like walmart shopping come the ones in toronto it looks like where rats left their leftover and was singing and was going when they give you the bread the bread if you use it to hit somebody in the head the head will break And even with that, you see people giving, distributing the food. They are angry, giving it out. In Montreal, a woman came to the apartment where I was staying then and went to the building management, took the names and the contacts of all. It's it's a 12-story building. Took the name of everybody in there gave them gift card of 250 dollars each every family point a place in, in toronto here where it happened very rare i'm not saying just one incident there are incidents where people are walking along the road somebody parked their car and say hello where do you stay say, okay i have bra- they, they, they don't give you things they don't use i have brand new sets of frame beds i just bought it but i can't use it because i'm moving and they you say okay yeah you will they they won't tell you to bring a vehicle they will tell you okay Give me your house address. I will bring it down. I will, I, will, I, will, I will come deliver it to you. And when they are coming to deliver it, they won't stress you to say, come and carry your stuff. They will come with somebody to help you, serve you in your house. They don't know you before. Come to Toronto. Come on, nail cutter. Nail cutter that you could get for cents. Sure. They want to sell it. And when you go to the house that is selling the nail cutter, it's a mansion two dollars i couldn't bear it one of those days i asked the lady i said wait what these two dollars i'm giving you now what do you want to do with it she was she was she was blown like a dynamite by that question because she never expected she said um she started looking at the money i said yes look at it i've given it to you i've taken the product and i'm not giving you back this product but as i'm going i'm asking you what are you doing with two dollars he said you know i just needed something let me not be like i gave it for free so their problem is they don't give for free that's why toronto even with all the money that is coming in in this city it is not still looking like the like like it's like a city that is having so much money The money that Toronto generates alone could beat that that Montreal or come close to what 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 Quebec as a whole is generating. Because the businesses here are more than the businesses over there. I'm I'm not talking about Ontario as a whole. So people are not distributing. That's why prosperity and success is not going around. One man will want to sit on the money of everybody. I pray that God open our eyes in the name of Jesus. Bring it to
Come to do 